Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Dang it, he's talented, and let's be honest, I go for ambition, not luck. And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dunkster. Presented by BetMGM. Good morning, top of the hour and hour two starting of the Daily Tip right now on the BetQL Network. We have a great hour of programming on deck. If you stick with us in this segment, we'll do read and react, dissecting the most important narratives in the AFC and NFC championship games, including a Jared Goff stat that you could say to sound really smart to your Mm. friends if they're asking. Then at 720, Lucy Bird stops by to talk all things pop culture. Maybe we will get her take on the top TV shows of all time. Then at 7.40, in sports betting, it's really important to always consider both sides. Yes, we have our gut instincts, but until you look at every single angle, can you really make a smart bet? We're making our case for each side of the coin in the AFC Championship game, the Chiefs and the Ravens. Jenks, as we did our TV show segments, uh, last mm-hmm. segment, and if you miss any of our talk, you can always catch the podcast. Just download the Daily Tip wherever you get your podcasts. I feel like I have a blind spot there because I just don't watch a ton of TV. So my question is, mm-hmm. how much TV do you think is an acceptable amount of time to watch TV a day or a week? Hmm. Oh, gosh. I don't know. That's a good question. I don't watch... I mean, I guess I watch some TV, but I don't watch a ton. And it's it's different now. When you look at some of these shows we were just talking about, then a lot of these were back when we had a very finite number of channels, right? So you didn't have all these streaming services. You didn't have cable TV with a billion options. So I think as time goes on, lists like this will become even more meaningless because, you know, back in the day, I can remember when a certain show would come out. And it was, oh, my God, we don't really have the Internet. Our entertainment is TV. This is a hot show. Everyone's going to be tuning into this show so we can talk about it the next day. And that's not really the case anymore. So I don't know, an acceptable number of TV? I would say, I don't know, six, seven hours. That feels like that's too much. I don't watch that much a week. But my schedule's also all over the place. I'm probably a bad person to ask. This is a terrible answer to your question. 
I don't know, six or seven. I'll throw that out there. How about that? I think it's one of those things where you sit and watch TV for a while and the same goes for screen mm-hmm. time on your phone and you feel like it's not that much until you see the actual number. Like you right. get the notifications on your phone. We know you don't have an iPhone. Does it give you the notifications of how much screen time you've had that week? Chelsea, let me let you in on a little secret. Your phone does everything my phone does and vice versa. They're all the same. Yes. I understand yes. the basic functions, yes, but does it do that? Like, I didn't oh, know sure. if that was an iPhone thing. It does? Oh, no. Oh, yeah, sure. I can tell you how much I've been on today. All I got to do is swipe to the left here. I've been on my phone 51 minutes today thus far since this morning. Well, it is 7.03 a.m. <laughs> There's still plenty of hours in the A day. lot of time left. Okay, so do you ever see the screen time and how much time you spend on your phone per week? And mm-hmm. kind of gape back in horror and say, oh, my gosh, I have been oh, yeah. living on my phone this week. Because that's the thing with TV as well. And I try to tell myself this. Okay, Chelsea, if you want to be a high achiever, you need to do things that high achievers do. And think mm-hmm. of the most high achieving person you know. How much TV shows or how much TV time do you think this person is watching? Like, think of, you know, I don't know, Bill Gates. The Rock, mm-hmm. whoever you want to put in this situation. Do you really think that they're spending like four hours in a night binge watching a show? No, they probably don't have time. So I feel like I try to abide by that. Like, obviously, I'm watching some TV and I'm clearly watching mm-hmm. some games. But do you ever sit on the couch and think, wow, I probably could have used my time a little better? I mean, yes and no. I could make the argument that you are high achieving. You're co-hosting a national radio show right now, well, aren't you? Well, that's not that's what I'm – that's not the argument no. I'm making. Is no, I'm but, saying I mean, if I'm – I'm trying not to watch TV to do this. That's the justification. Right. right. Well, I mean, I think it's all relative, you know? Like, what else – you're someone who also has a child. You're someone who works up really early. You work out on a regular basis. So I think it just depends on your personal goals. There's always a next level, right? So if you're – I'm sure Bill Gates is not. Maybe Bill Gates is watching a ton of TV. I don't know. He sat in front of a computer screen for years. Maybe he's sitting around counting his billions, streaming Netflix all day. Who knows? Not watching Apple TV, I'll tell you that. Who knows? But I think I think ultimately, as long as you, ha- you strike some sort of balance in your life, then you, know, you don't want to watch TV seven, eight hours a day. But as long as you feel like you're having a well-balanced life or – that you're happy with how things are going and you're satisfied with your family or job or whatever, then if you need some time in front of the boob tube, I say go for it. I, I think it's all relative to each person's individual life. I think it's hard to sort of put a blanket number on, okay, this is the number of hours a day you should be watching. Oh, for sure. It's going to be different for everybody. And you do deserve mm-hmm. some time to unwind. But this hit me really hard, I think, when I didn't have a job and I was following my husband around. We were living in Mm -hmm. Nevada. We were living in Reno. And I was sitting there just watching another hour of The Office. And I thought to myself, okay, when I die or when I'm sitting on my deathbed, am I going to remember the nights that I watched, you know, seven hours of The Office? Or am I going to remember the experiences that I had? So I said to myself, okay, maybe I'm by myself, but I'm going to drive 45 minutes to Lake Tahoe and I'm going to go hiking. So that's, I feel like, one of the things as well. Like, do you really want to spend your whole life like just living through somebody else's experiences? 
So maybe this is not a good argument to be making when we are a show that is on YouTube and people are watching. I get it. Please watch us. We we love your company. <laughs> but you don't think about that ever at all? I do. I'm I'm very aware of spending it's more time on my phone than anything else. For me, it's it's mm-hmm. not so much television. It's putting away my phone and not constantly grabbing it and saying, Oh, let, let's see what because it never stops. I just want to get to the end of right. everything and there's no end. It it doesn't end. So that's no. just my own weird brain. So I think for me it's more putting away the phone and whatever you're doing, not constantly sort of trying to get that shot of adrenaline in your brain and and saying oh these endorphins are going this feels good because you can get addicted to that right and we were just talking about great tv shows black mirror was on that list and that kind of addresses that topic of simply living through your technology all right so let's talk about some football let's get to read and react and dissect some of the biggest narratives that we will see playing out on our tvs this weekend All right, let's go read and react number one. We'll jump right in. Two rookie wideouts playing key roles in the AFC title game coming up on Sunday. Ravens, Zay Flowers, 77 catches for 858 yards and five touchdowns in the regular season. Really came alive in the absence of tight end Mark Andrews. Had four touchdown catches in his final five regular season games. For Kansas City, Rasheed Rice, 79 pass catches for 938 yards, seven touchdowns. Became Patrick Mahomes' go-to guy when Kelsey was in his slump. So Jinx, which rookie wide receiver, more important to their team's success coming up this weekend in Baltimore? I believe it's Rasheed Rice, just because we've already talked about how the Chiefs receivers aren't what they used to be. And honestly, if Rasheed Rice performs well, what does that do? It takes some pressure off of Travis Kelsey, and we know that Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes have this sort of mind meld. And also, when it comes to the Ravens, The Ravens can win with Lamar's feet as well as his arm. They also like to run the football, so they're not nearly as reliant on passing the football as the Chiefs are. So I'm going to go with Sheer Rice. I think I would go with neither. It feels like neither of these guys are going to be like the biggest factor here. Maybe you could argue, argue for Zay Flowers. But as somebody who was on Rasheed Rice's receiving prop last week, I got a front row seat to uh, just how little of uh, a part in this game that he was actually going to be. Because it feels like when Travis Kelsey is firing on all cylinders and catching the ball, he's almost unguardable. And I know that 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 was kind of a tough matchup in general. The Bills were not great at defending the tight end position. But in the postseason, it has not been uh, Rasheed Rice nearly as much. So maybe I'll be wrong. And I think, Jinx, you are spot on there. The running game has been what has been mm-hmm. the bell cow for the Ravens. All season long, people are saying, well, it's the passing game. Well, it's the passing game. Yeah, it got him to this stage. But now it's Lamar Jackson's feet. That is the, the reason why Lamar Jackson has been so shifty and so good over his course in the NFL So I think that is more important than some of these rookie receivers. Maybe I'll be proven wrong, and maybe it's me just being salty about Rasheed Rice, but that's where I stand. All right, let's go over to the NFC. Jared Goff taking the Lions into their first NFC title game since 1991, but he himself 5-2 and as a starter in the playoffs. I bet you would have won a couple of bar bets if you'd asked people that question. However, he is just 3-6 and all-time versus San Francisco and has lost his last five starts against the 49ers. So, Chelsea, which trend do you believe in more? Goff's solid playoff record or the 49ers' dominance over Goff's teams in the last few seasons? 
Well, this is more than what meets the eye because obviously Jared Goff was playing for a different team in some of these matchups against the 49ers, playing for the Rams. But also you could say that about his record in the postseason. I think the one that feels more meaningful to me is the 5-2 and two record as a starter in the playoffs because this is not somebody who people love to give their flowers to. So I think you need to remember that. No one wants to talk about Jared Goff, but this guy has been really solid in the postseason when it matters the most for a quarterback that nobody is putting up there with Lamar Jackson and Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes. So I think that is the more telling stat of the two. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with the Niners' dominance instead just because sometimes you just have a defense that can solve you. And as much as I like Jared Goff, also when you look at his success, the last time before this season where he had significant success was back in the, what, 2021 season against the Seahawks. So much of the success that we're seeing, according to this record, has come this year and he's with a different team, so I don't really know how to reconcile that record. I just think ultimately you look at how he's performed against San Francisco, and I think it's the the Niners' dominance that I would go with. All right, last up, Josh Allen said earlier this week he believes the Bills and the people running the franchise, so he doesn't believe that the window has closed for his team. However, Buffalo became the first team in over 25 years to lose to the same team in the playoffs three out of four seasons. That, of course, being Kansas City. They tied with the 2017-21 to Saints for the most regular season wins without a Super Bowl appearance. 58 wins. So, is Allen right? Is the window still open for the Bills? And I'll throw in another little nugget for you. Okay. The team that has defeated the Bills has never won their next playoff game after they've beaten Buffalo. Take the Ravens this week. Oh. Jinx, go ahead. Window still open for the Bills? Yes. Yes, it is. Josh Allen will only be 28 next season. Quarterbacks play for longer these days because the quarterback is more protected because of medical science, whatever it is. Now, his game will have to evolve because he uses his legs so much. But, Bill, I'll give you full credit. I love the comparison that you made to John Elway where early on in his career, Elway was asked to do everything. I think Elway had a better set of overall receivers because Josh Allen really doesn't have that. But ultimately, for a guy who's only 28, he could play another 10 years. Even if it's seven, eight years, the Bills, I feel like, organizationally have sort of figured things out. And if they can adjust with Josh Allen and say, let's get you a couple more playmakers, and don't be surprised if they draft a receiver late in the first round, and also their defense is really banged up this season. If they can stay healthy, get a couple more playmakers, is it really so crazy to think that Josh Allen at 32 or 33 could win a Super Bowl? I don't think so. So I think the window is still open. I don't think the questions are ever on Josh Allen. I think the questions come with the defense. What has let the Bills down every single year in the playoffs? Hasn't it been their defense? You look at their their losses. Gave up 27 to the Chiefs. Gave up 27 to the Bengals in 2022. 2021, gave up 42 points to the Chiefs. Uh, of course, that huge defensive breakdown in overtime. So I don't think the questions you know, are hanging on Josh Allen. I think it's the defense. And maybe it's because of the injuries. But this is not you know, a bargain defense. 
they're paying a lot of money for some of these guys on the defensive line. So I think that's where the questions start. Maybe the window's still open, but they have got to figure out the defense. Yeah, I agree. I I mean, I think ultimately that if <laughs> I was I'm torn because I, I do think this is about from the top down. Like, are the Bills going to organization, like I said before, get it right with Josh Allen? I don't really know. And I think they will because they've done it for so long. But they still have a franchise quarterback. 28 is young. I think, don't we feel like Josh Allen has been around much longer than he has been? I think that's what it comes down to. Again, he's only 28. His career's not over. Need a franchise quarterback to win? They have one. Yeah, but how old is Patrick Mahomes? How old is Lamar Jackson? These are yeah. the other problems. The AFC is just a gauntlet of great quarterbacks. Lucy Burge is stopping by next. Uh, stick with us on the Daily Tip. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip, presented by Bet MGM <laughs> on the BetQL Network. The Daily Tip, presented by Bet MGM, with Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL Network. Welcome back. It's a Wednesday, January the twenty fourth, here on the Daily Tip. In a few minutes, we'll bring in Lucy Burge, and what a day to have her because we have had these conversations about the greatest TV shows of all time. And some of the narrative lately has been the nominations for these big time awards uh, in the movie sector, whether it's Barbie being snubbed, quote unquote, or whoever mm -hmm. you pick, you know, to be mad about. Because when it's award season, somebody is always snubbed. Like we see this in sports as well. But Jenks, you've seen the Barbie mm. movie, correct? I have not seen Barbie. I've seen oh. Oppenheimer, but I haven't seen Barbie, which I want to watch. We almost watched it last weekend. And then what do we watch instead? I think we got into some crime series or something. I forget what it was, but we keep meaning to watch it. So I haven't seen it yet. I know a lot about it just by virtue of osmosis and reading about it and the color of your shirt and listening to Lucy, who's going to come on the show, but I haven't seen it yet. Okay. So I bit the bullet and I purchased it. On my oh, TV, whoa. and I bought it, which is a big deal. I feel like it is a big deal when you like make a purchase when you already have all these like streaming platforms. Because normally I'm like, okay, we will watch what's free. But so yeah. many people had been talking about Barbie that I felt like it was something that is a part of our pop culture that I need to know oh, yeah. about. And of course, like I love Margot Robbie; she is gorgeous. I wanted to see what she looked like in the movie. But Jenks, I didn't get through the movie. I didn't even see the ending. What? It was... You just turned it off? It was long. The movie was really long. And I don't know what the... You know, eventually they were probably going to get to a point, but I didn't like it. I thought that the outfits were really good. I thought uh -huh. visually it was, you know, fantastic. But as far as the plot goes, I don't know. I feel like it could have been 90 minutes. But instead, it just went on and on and on so when people are saying oh this got snubbed i didn't make it through the movie like i don't think i'm some kind of movie critic but mm -hmm. i would imagine there are other people who felt like i did and say like okay this movie was way too long okay so 
I'm glad you brought this up because it triggered. What did I watch instead? I watched Killers of the Flower Moon this past weekend. Now, Barbie is one hour and 54 minutes, Chelsea. It's less than two it's hours. too long. Killers of the Flower Moon is three hours and 26 minutes. No. And we watched every bit of it. Could it have been shorter? The answer is yes. But an hour and 54 minutes? That was too long? Really? Yeah, it was. It was. Bill, have you seen Barbie? Wow. Probably not, huh? Yes. You have seen it. I have seen it, yes. Last so summer. did you get in the through theater. it? You yeah, saw it in said, theater. Of course. I paid, I so paid you money. I paid like 20 bucks. I know. Oh, yes. No. Not, I'm not proud. Chelsea, Did you, you think need clip notes long? for movies. That's what you need. Uh, I'm not saying long. that I can't get through movies. I just thought Barbie was bad. I was just saying, I didn't think it was too long. I thought it was too boring, to be honest with you. But that's what I'm me. saying. I came into the experience ready to love it. I was ready to love it. I wanted to see the outfits. I love Margot Robbie. And I just couldn't do it. Do you think that plays a factor when you have really high expectations for a movie? And then maybe that's my own fault? Well, I wouldn't say that because I've had high expectations because you look at the trailer, right? Or you hear about it and you're like, oh, because you know how mm -hmm. a trailer is. They show you everything. And you're like, oh, this is going to be great. And you're like, oh, I'm not any good at all. But there is a big difference between not meeting your expectations and also I'm not going to finish this movie. So you must have really not liked Barbie. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, my time's valuable. Like, that's the other thing. Like, I don't know. It just wasn't good. That's the thing. If it was a great movie, I would have sat right. for three hours. Because wasn't Titanic really long? But that was a great movie. So you sit through it. Uh, so I think it's relative to how good the movie and what direction it's going. We got to bring in Lucy because I'm sure she has a take on this. So let's do it. Beck UL host and host of Back to the Futures each and every Sunday right here on Beck UL. Always Boston strong, it's Lucy Burge. How do you like them apples? Good morning, Lucy. And I was quickly reminded, I miss the days when you were a Bucks fan. Like that quick, you know, moment in the montage where you had your Bucks gear on. It was a great era for you. Yeah, well, maybe, you know, what What team next? Maybe the either the Falcons, maybe not, or the Buffalo Bills, perhaps, I will be a fan of next, wherever Bill Belichick goes. Oh, God, That's the true. Falcons? No. Don't do that to yourself, Lucy. No. Okay. No, don't worry. So, hot topic of the day. Barbie movie. I think you talked about it on our show. I sure felt I like it was way too long. Did you like it? Okay. 
Chelsea, I have so many thoughts on all of this. Okay, so I saw Barbie in theaters and there were moments where I checked the time on my phone because there are moments oh. in this movie where it's movies where if I see them in the theater, you start to see where the plot is going. And in my head, I say, okay, there's got to be half an hour left. There's got to be 20 minutes left. There's like, I can see where they're wrapping it up. And with Barbie, that's kind of what I started thinking was, okay, they got to start wrapping it up now. The Ken stuff is great. I went in ready for it to be meh. I was not expecting to be completely wowed. It was more the experience when I saw it in the theater because I saw it with my mom and my godmother and we had a great time doing that and experiencing it together because you grow up playing Barbies. So I went into it more of the outfits. I wanted to see mm -hmm. the outfits and that is what I was there for. I was not specifically there for plot. I was not there for a America Ferrera speech or I was there for, for outfits solely. Ken had great outfits, um, but I uh, as well I think Barbie also had all of them had great outfits Co costume design it should win the Oscar for that but mm -hmm. there were moments where I was bored and if you ask me when you said this movie's under two hours if you ask me right now without knowing that how long was Barbie I would have said two hours and 20 minutes it felt like oh, wow. two hours and 20 minutes it was uh and then there were pl points in the middle they could have just edited that out like just spliced that out because there were things that that were not needed for the plot but if it was just a barbie fashion show for an hour and a half i'd watch that i was just there for the outfits for the set design for the scenery <laughs> i think will ferrell got snubbed i think will ferrell also <laughs> should have been nominated <laughs> if just another man was nominated i think it would be perfect um i was not that outraged though on on uh, who got nominated for what in barbie i was like yeah that that sounds about right i think america ferrera's speech was in the moment it, it brought me to tears but then you leave the theater and you go outside and you think about it and you're like yeah it was a little extreme i don't know things were were true that she said but oscar worthy i don't know but i think that people were very very outraged yesterday and i just did not find myself so outraged Lucy, I cannot wait to ask you about this next film. And I know you've seen it because I was on your timeline yesterday. And I watched this movie a week and a half ago. It's about the very famous 1972 plane crash in the Andes, originally called Alive. I remember reading that book, watching that movie. But now they've redone it. And it's Society of the Snow, which I don't want to give this away, but it's an it's an incredible story of survival, and it's hard to fathom watching what those guys went through. Absolutely a true story. Just what was your reaction? I have to know. Oh, Jenks. So I didn't make it to the end, much like Barbie, because I could I see I know the ending. Like it happened what right. 50 years ago. So I know what happened, yeah. but what how it ends. But the beginning of this movie, Jenks, was scarier, honestly, than any horror movie I have seen. Because mm. this I mean, I don't want to say it could happen because really the, the chances are slim, but you can see yourself in that situation. We've all been on a plane before. Yeah. So you see what happens and you're like, oh my God, what would I do in this situation? And then they, the chaos of what happens when you start realizing you might not be rescued 
but it does bring about the the thought process of survival and how to mentally survive conditions like that would you just want to pass away because this situation does not seem like it's coming to an end um when you're in it yeah and it's i mean it is the conditions are you're in this vast wilderness and when you realize when they realize that you can't see the plane from even just a little <sighs> bit of altitude there are some absolutely devastating heartbreaking moments in this where you're like yeah i don't know how you even know this tale if you don't know the ending you're like how did they know this because you think how could anyone survive this so it is it i highly recommend it because it is yes. a, a roller coaster um and very well done and but then there are moments see this is an emotional roller coaster as well because there are moments where they show the mountains in the sky and you think wow that's actually really beautiful but you can't imagine the cold, the level of cold you are feeling oh. to be able to appreciate where you are that's beautiful. There are some really, really heartbreaking moments in this, but it is a, a very um, exquisite tale of survival. Wow, doesn't really sound like well a feel-good movie. <laughs> well, but... if you're going to watch a horror movie anyway, uh, this would maybe be the one to watch. Lucy, oh, all I could do God. during the time you're talking about, and maybe you just think about passing away. And I yeah, was looking you know, on your I... screen, just at Guy Fieri in the corner back there. Yeah. I was like, I gotta find something positive here. Yeah, it's and a dichotomy of Fieri things. Bottom of your screen. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, it's. I would just merely, you know what? I'd say, you know what? It's been a good run. I would merely just pass away. Because <laughs> what else are you? I mean, you are you're facing an endless amount of time oh. in sub zero by a million degrees weather. And so the the uh, I don't actually don't want to give anything away because if you don't know the end of the story, uh, maybe it was just a, a recount of what they thought happened. You don't know. So <laughs> highly recommend. It. I'll be the same like way. Like, guys, treat. I'll be the first to go. Treat. I'm freezing. It's been two hours. Just end yeah. it for me right now. Yep. I'd be like, you know what? This is, it's beautiful. It's happy, happy to be <laughs> this here. This has been but great, a, great ride. Nice flight while it lasted, but you know what? Uh, I, uh, I'll see you guys later. <laughs> All right. So what else has been good while it's been lasting is the Detroit Lions. What a oh. story for your Roar Boys, I believe you called it. That's exactly. harder to say than I thought it was going to be roar boys uh but does the road end against the niners or are you continuing to root for detroit here yeah it's kind of like uh in 30 rock if you've seen 30 rock the rural juror is a little bit like roar boys roar it's kind juror. of a, a little little bit of a, a your tongue gets stuck yeah hutch, hutch and the roar boys we are uh on our way as eminem said uh tweeted after one of their wins i did it so now he uses that as a as a joke and says, oh, I can't believe I did it again. There is so much to like about this team. And I really do. I want them. I think they're going to I'm taking them to win the Super Bowl. And I think that that would be a oh, wonderful wow. story. I think they are talented enough to do it. If we are talking about Super Bowl uh, logo uh, conspiracies of the colors, it is quite possible mm -hmm. that the purple in there maybe it's not the Ravens and it is the mixture of the blue of the Lions and maybe the red of the Chiefs perhaps and we get a, a Chiefs Lions Super Bowl and they're just mixing color palettes I think would maybe be what's going on here and maybe maybe they'll debunk the conspiracy entirely um, because I think the Lions really have what it takes and as uh, we were talking before uh, the show about uh, this segment about Ryan Gosling um, looking much much like Jared Goff it's the year of guys mm -hmm. that look like Ryan Gosling and Ryan Gosling himself nominated for an Oscar and I think uh, maybe Jared Goff will be Super Bowl MVP and it'll be a big year for uh, guys that look like that but also interesting tidbit 
last time there was a coronation in uh, Great Britain, so when Queen Elizabeth was coronated, the Lions won the NFL championship at the time, 1952. There was, of course, a coronation last year. Uh, there has not been a Super Bowl played since May when King Charles was coronated as the king. Could this be what happens again? The Lions win another uh, now Super Bowl uh, the year in the, the calendar year that there is a coronation because it doesn't happen that often. And last time it did, the Lions won the championship. So let's say they do it again and they keep that streak going because that's a, a little bit of a streak they have or, or a, um, uh, a fact that is very valid at this point because they have a real chance now to win the Super Bowl. And I think they will do it. Lucy, I had a sign somewhere in my house that said, we have gone this many weeks without talking about the royal family here on the Daily Tip. Because, you know, I don't want to talk about the royal family, but congratulations. It has been zero days on the Daily Tip since we have talked about the British royal family. So congratulations, Lucy. <laughs> Thank she is you. Lucy Bird. She's a BeckQL host and host of Back to the Futures each and every Sunday night right here on BeckQL. Lucy, Thanks for stopping by. We will be rooting for your Roar Boys. Thank you very much. Go Roar Boys and Hutch and the Detroit Lions. <laughs> the Roar Boys. <laughs> I didn't realize that was hard to say. Jenks, are you rooting for the Roar Boys? Roar Boys? I love Roar Boys. Roar Boys. I always Roar Boys. Yeah. That's the only way I can <laughs> say it correctly is if I don't say it correctly. Because if I tried to say it, I would screw it up. So I just go, Roar Boys. And I'm like, nailed it. Yeah, at least it's not rivalry week for the Roar Boys. That's too many R's. I'm not saying any of those. So I'm just going to, the Roar Boys and rivalry week. All right, coming back from the break, maybe I will start to enunciate things. We will make our case for the Chiefs and the Ravens in the AFC title game next on the Daily Tip. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip, presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins, presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. Wake up, people. It's only a Wednesday, but. You should already be crafting some of your parlays for this weekend, should you not? Jenks, let me ask you something before we get to our dissection of the AFC Championship game. Sure. I feel like most people are doing same-game parlays for, you know, most of these games because it's fun. Mm -hmm. But there is yeah. always a parlay piece that feels like maybe it's not a good idea. And I go back and forth on this one because how uh -huh. many times do you think people will be putting – Christian McCaffrey anytime touchdown in their parlays this week. Oh, it's God. minus 300. Like, we get it. Christian McCaffrey's is always scoring some touchdowns. Oh, my but God. But it's literally minus 300. So the question is is this something worth putting in a parlay or not? Yeah, probably. I mean, he's probably going to score, isn't he? I don't think it's. I don't think it's a bad call. You know how people love parlays, obviously. Now, mm -hmm. the caveat here is, okay, do you really want to put together a four or five leg parlay this weekend? But if you're doing, if you want to add something to, I don't know, maybe a two leg parlay, three leg parlay, it's not, it's not a bad call. There's never a guarantee, but I just don't like the price. Honestly, I feel like 
there's probably, if you do a little more research, I think you could probably find a better price on something that is just as likely. I think that's the problem for me. It's not that mm -hmm. I don't believe in Christian McCaffrey. It's the fact right. that he's minus 300 to score a touchdown. Because he can rush for 100 yards. He can, you know, catch seven passes. And just when it comes to the end zone, maybe it's somebody else that sneaks in there. So I think that's yeah. where it comes and ends for me. And how many things do you have to put in a parlay for this to have, like, palatable juice? Because I don't want to do a three-leg parlay that's minus money. Like, that's the other thing. Yeah. Because you really have to thread the needle. I was just thinking, can you do Niners money line? And no, that's minus 170. Like, Niners money line plus Christian McCaffrey anytime touchdown scorer is minus 170. So you'd have to yes. add another leg to that. So then you're threading the needle so much that I feel like it's not worth it. So what's the final verdict? Not at minus 170. No. Uh. Not at if you want to go small minus money, like there's a buddy of mine who always interacts with me on Instagram, and he told our picks last night. Now he did some alternate lines a little bit, at least for my hockey pick. But I think his payout, it was just a two-like parlay. He did your... He did Nick's money line, and then he did the under in the Knights-Isles game. He did under 7.5 instead of 6.5, but I think it was like minus 102. So I don't mind that because you're getting close to even money, right? Two legs, even money. I don't mind that. But when you start getting to around minus ones, like, I don't want – no, that's just – that payout's not – if you're around even money, touch of minus money, that doesn't bother me. But uh, that's way too much juice for me. Especially for a parlay. Like, if you were yeah. playing something by itself that is singularly very juicy, mm -hmm. that is one thing. Because you are only relying on one single outcome. Christian McCaffrey gets hurt, there goes your parlay. You know, so I think that's the other thing you have to consider when you are looking at player props. And hopefully, we will not see Debo Samuel getting hurt. I know that ruined a lot of same-game parlays last yeah. week when he left the game with only two catches. But let's talk a little AFC because we haven't uh, gotten to this game just yet here on the show. So let's do it. Let's make the case for both sides of the coin in the AFC title game because we have said this before. When you are betting, it is very important to consider both sides. Even if your gut feeling is supremely on one side, you at least need to entertain the thought of, okay, what happens if this is not the case? Is right. there a pathway for the other side of this, which I think is even more important if you are on the favorite, because you need things to go exceptionally right if you're going to be laying points with the team, especially this late in the season. So, Jenks, let's make our case. Let's, you know, get our briefcases. Let's head to the courtroom. Okay. And so let's start with the Chiefs. The Chiefs getting three and a half against the Ravens this week. What is the case for the Kansas City Chiefs? The case for the Chiefs is very simple. They have the best quarterback on the planet on their roster. They have the experience. They have Andy Reid, a man that goes hand-in-hand hand with his quarterback. They also have something that you can't really put your finger on. There is something magical at times about how the Chiefs just always find a way. What is their, what is their sixth straight AFC championship game? That is remarkable. Absolutely remarkable. So... When you're talking about a Chiefs team, and also I, 
if you were doubting the Chiefs before and saying, well, they play every game at home. They play every game at home. Patrick Mahomes has never played a true road game in the playoffs. Well, he did last week in a difficult environment in Buffalo and found a way to get it done. And I think ultimately it just comes down to something that is hard to put a finger on, which is when you have a quarterback who is as good as anyone on the planet, you're always in the game. And honestly, as good as Lamar Jackson has been this season, and he is going to win the MVP, and he deserves it. If there is one quarterback on this earth in the NFL that you want with the ball in his hands, if you're trying to win a game, it's Patrick Mahomes. You're never out of it with Patrick Mahomes. And also, Travis Kelsey, a guy who kind of disappeared for a while in November because he was banged up. Teams were focusing on him. What did he do last week in Buffalo? Immediately came alive. Needed that time off. So now you're talking about a guy that wasn't really a factor for a while being a major factor again. And so when you have that triumvirate of Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, and also we talk about the Ravens defense. Ravens defense is great. The Chiefs defense is fantastic. We never talk about the Kansas City defense. This is a top five defense. So quarterback, coaching, defense, Kansas City has a talent not just to win this game, but to win the Super Bowl. Right. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, may I present to you Exhibit A, and that is Patrick Mahomes' record against the spread as an underdog. Nine, one, and one against the number when he is getting points. That's a pretty good case. That is a pretty good case when you're getting more than a field goal in a game that feels like it could come down to the final possession. You mentioned the defense for the Chiefs. It's not a team that's even super reliant on Patrick Mahomes this year. Like, obviously, it feels wild saying that, but it's been a team that's been extremely balanced. Isaiah Pacheco is running the football angrily these days. I don't know if you've seen some of these runs from him. It looks like he is, (laughs) you know, running from somebody who's trying to murder him. The way that he is running through some of these linebackers, it's wild. This is a team that runs the ball well. The defense has been exceptional, like you said, And you have one of the better head coaches in the NFL in Andy Reid. So there are more, uh, there's more than a punching chance, I think, for the Kansas City Chiefs. And when you're talking about a team getting points in a situation, if you think there is a chance in hell that this team wins outright, maybe you just take the points. So there's the case for the Chiefs. You know, a great against the spread record as an underdog for a guy like Patrick Mahomes. And people will say, oh, that's a square thought. Saying just, ooh, we got Patrick Mahomes. I said this very thing about Tom Brady. When people were saying, well, it's Tom Brady getting points. Don't go against him. I was like, oh, squares. (laughs) I'm taking the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Guess who won that Super Bowl? Tom Brady. And they were underdogs. So I think Mm -hmm. that's the case for Patrick Mahomes. So let's look at the other side. Because there are plenty of points to be made for the Ravens, including how dominant they have been in the regular season and also the postseason. So, Jenks, what's the case for the Ravens? The case for the Ravens is they are the best, I believe, top-to-bottom team remaining in the NFL playoffs. Lamar Jackson is going to win the MVP. He is playing like an MVP. The Ravens are extremely physical. They have, as good as the Chiefs' defense is, the Ravens' defense is even better. And if you're talking about getting past the Chiefs, the real strength of the Ravens' defense is their secondary. Much more so 
than the Bills. This will be a huge challenge for Kansas City. Also, the Ravens are playing at home. Now, you've got two great head coaches here, but I feel like John Harbaugh really has his finger on the pulse of this team. And one thing I love about the Ravens, and I've said this now for a few weeks, is they have the perfect mentality. The Ravens might be favored this weekend. They've been favored in their past few games, and they approach every single game like they're just pissed off. Like they 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 have talked themselves into believing that no one believes in them, which is not true. But inside that little circle, that bubble of theirs, they believe that it is them against the world. I know you hear this all the time. It's one thing to say it. It's quite another thing to have everyone buy into it. And also the Ravens are really balanced. They can beat you in myriad ways where I understand that Isaiah Pacheco has been running like a madman, but ultimately if the Chiefs are going to win, then they got to have Patrick Mahomes perform. Lamar sometimes can just hand off the football and the Chiefs can be out by the Ravens just because they will wear you down and they just hit you again and again and again. The case for the Ravens is they are just the better team. They're not the most exciting team. They're not as sexy as watching Patrick Mahomes slinging around sidearm, but the Ravens have that blue-collar mentality. They just wear you down, and that's why in the second half of games this season, Baltimore is a team that just bowls you over and just pounds you and pounds you and just ends up beating you into a pulp. That's what they've done all season long. Yeah, look at this Ravens defense when facing some of the best offenses in the NFL. Even in this recent stretch, look what they did to C.J. Stroud. The Houston Texans did not score a single offensive touchdown for a guy that's the runaway leader for Rookie of the Year and a great uh, season as a young quarterback. Look at what they did to the Niners. Beat them 33-19, to and Brock Purdy had four interceptions. Look at what they did to the Dolphins, a team <laughs> that hung a 70-burger in a game only scored 19. The Ravens beat the brakes off them, 56 to 19. And oh, how about the other team that's still standing in the playoffs? Beat the Lions, 38 to six. This is a home game for the Ravens. And if you're worried about the spread, which at three and a half, you say, okay, that's a key number there. Of 10 games in the playoffs so far this season, only two games have been decided, you know, by the spread. These games, you just pick a winner. You know, there are only two games that somebody won, didn't cover. So if you're picking a winner, I'm picking the Ravens. And that's the case for Baltimore and that great, great defense. And we haven't even mentioned Lamar Jackson. What a guy. An absolute cheat code when running the football. Hour three is on tap next here on The Daily Tip. And we'll get into some NBA plays. Stick with us here on The Daily Tip. For more, listen to The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BeckQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.